So anticipation, anticipation. I'm thinking about um, there are so many, there's so many times that um, maybe it's your mom that helped you in getting ready for an event or something that was coming up, maybe a birthday party. And I realized this week there's more time spent in getting ready for something, anticipating something, than the actual event. Uh, you know, in five minutes, it was over. And you spent all this time uh, thinking about birthdays, getting ready. And maybe some of your moms are really good at that, going, oh, we need to get this ready and that ready. And you're making the cake and, and the decorations and, and all this stuff. And, and so uh, that anticipation of that great gift or that great experience you'd have. Uh, right now, we're celebrating graduations. Um, that's happening. And so the students are getting ready to celebrate. But the, in the getting ready, in the getting ready is part of the celebration. Getting ready. Part of it. Anticipating the excitement of it before that actual event that happens. So what's happening in your life? What are you anticipating um, that's going to happen in your life that's going to... Um, it's going to be a joyful experience. Graduations at this time, that's a joyful experience because kids then are ready to launch into a new phase of their life, new phase of their life. Um, but anybody in the room here, is there something joyful that you're anticipating right now that you'd like to share with us? Yes. We're expecting a new grandchild. New grandchild. <laughs> Woohoo. Woohoo. Hey, let's do this. Huh? Let's clap. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And over here. Okay. Daryl's wife went to Alaska, and she's going to be home in a week, and he's got to get the place cleaned up and ready for her to come home. And Richard, you had something. My 80th birthday on the 26th. 26. He's going to be 80. Wow. Oh. Now, Studebaker. He's a collector of Studebakers, so if anybody knows anything, this is American-built, and he's still got parts to repair those. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, Susanna. A marriage. All right, your granddaughter. Wow. Wow. All right. Anticipating. Another grandniece. Okay. We got a lot to celebrate. Or, or, oh, oh, I see. Could be a nephew. Could be a nephew. Hold on, hold that thought over here. Yes, Lynn. A major reunion, high school Wow, high school class reunion. Back in Pennsylvania, do you think the students have changed over the years a little bit? <laughs> yes, Marie. Next Sunday. What? Oh, man. Really? Wow. So anticipation. So I'm thinking, um, you know, for most of us guys, it's the facts that we want. You know, let's just get the facts and let's stay stoic. But I think there's times where I need to throw that out and just get excited about stuff. Anticipation. Anticipation. So... Let's get excited about these joyful moments that are coming. And so we can 
get excited about it before they even happen. And so things can be happening. And, you know, the amazing thing is, is that the Bible teaches that we are the bride of Christ and we are getting ready to meet the bridegroom. Everything that we're doing right now is getting ready, getting ready in our hearts, getting ready in our heart. Last week we saw in the scriptures says the disciples watched and Jesus' feet left the ground. He went up in the cloud up into heaven as they stood there with their mouths hanging open probably. Two angels appeared to them and they said, what are you standing here looking up there for? (laughs) He's going to return in the same way he came anticipating. So we got a lot of anticipating to do. It's a great thing to get excited about stuff before it happens, right? So let's get excited about seeing Jesus come back, our conquering king. Open up your scriptures to Acts. So, um, here are the disciples, they, um, they had been doing what they've done for, for years and that they celebrated the Passover. And if you have uh, your bulletins, you'll see that there's three major feasts that um, God's people were commanded to do. Isn't that amazing? He commanded them <laughs> to celebrate. He commanded them these three major feasts. There, there are more than that, but three, these three major feasts, he's saying, I command you, come up and celebrate. Wow. Commanded to celebrate. So I think we can celebrate at God's goodness. When we see the goodness of God, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. So celebrating God, celebrating his goodness, celebrating mom, celebrating family, celebrating, uh, commanded to celebrate. So They had spent the time in Jerusalem celebrating. And so that Passover changed dramatically. That Passover was Jesus' last supper. And in that last supper, he changed everything. And Jesus took, as we did last week, and celebrated that that Passover. And that uh, Jesus took, and he took the bread, and he said something different than he than they had ever heard before. And he said, this is my body. And then he took the fruit of the vine and he said, this, this is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. So his last supper, he did that. So after that, Jesus was crucified. This Passover changed everything for the disciples, everything they knew when they were growing up. And you know, you and I, we love, um, we love uh, holidays. We love um, What am I thinking of? I'm thinking about there's some people that really love tradition. That's the word, tradition. Um, So so every year I was talking to Diane the other day. Yes, I love tradition. uh, These things happen. This particular tradition was just changed dramatically when Jesus said, remember me. And then after that, Jesus was taken and beaten and he hung up on the cross and he died. This changed Passover forever for them and for us. And then what happened? Three days after that, he came back to life and he would say, didn't you know? Do you remember I told you I was going to come back to life? And so for 40 days, Jesus would appear to them and he would teach them. And we looked at most of his teaching was, now, go. 
Do what I told you to do. Go advance the kingdom. Go say the kingdom of heaven is at Go and make disciples. So that was the main core of his teaching in those 40 days. That's what we see recorded. And then last week we saw where he was received up into the cloud. And then we looked at this wasn't just any normal cloud that like we know in Ferndale. Um, this wasn't a normal cloud. This was this is the Shekinah glory. This was, this was the cloud that was even in the Old Testament. This was God himself. This was a way of God showing his presence, his glory. And he took Christ, the Son of God. And so um, here we are after that. So they returned as they were told to do. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 12 through 14. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet which was near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had returned, they went up to the upper room where they had been staying. Now Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Okay, so who were they? So we just had a list of the disciples. Who were they? Um, they weren't, weren't even from that area. They were from Galilee. Remember how when, when uh, Peter came around at night to see what was happening to the Lord and they started to realize who Peter was and the one says, that was, that's that Galilean accent. You're from Galilee. Um, so they were from Galilee, most of the disciples, fishermen. And then we hear about Matthew, the tax collector and others. So here they are. Um, they were in the upper room. They went up there. Um, so uh, who were these people? They were trained for three years. And we talked about the, the 40 days then that, that Jesus, the resurrected Christ, would appear to them, show him his hands and feet, even eat with them, and even say, touch me, I am real, I'm flesh and blood, I I am real, I'm not just spirit. So Jesus came and appeared, and he trained them. He had trained them uh, the, the three years of intense training. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. Keep your marker here in Acts, and we'll come back to this. So Matthew chapter 10, and listen to some of this... Um, some of this kind of like Navy SEAL training. Like, it wasn't just a class they went to and went, okay, here's the class on evangelism. Now, you know it. Now, do it when you can. It was like, no, now I want you to go out. So watch this, uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. We're going to start at verse 7. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And here's something amazing I just want to say is that if you've believed on the Lord Jesus, that means that the Holy Spirit of God has awakened you. He's caused you to be born again and that he resides in you. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, he changes your nature from the old way of being unholy, ungodly, the way of the world. This spirit inside you is Holy Spirit. So that means in a way, Everywhere you go becomes holy ground. Is that amazing to think about? As you go, he says here, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is near. Each one of you, when you go into the world around you, you are bringing the kingdom of heaven. That's a weird awareness, isn't it, of who you are. 
you are new. You have been transformed. So he says, say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely given. So here's the disciples with the power of God. And we participate by praying these things. We, pr- we pray for healing. We pray that demons would be cast out. We pray that those, maybe the, they're going to die, that they'd be raised up. We certainly pray that people would rise from the old life. They were dead in their transgressions and sin and raised to new life, right? So we can pray raising from the dead. Because you were dead without Christ, you were spiritually dead. So we can pray these things too. Raise the dead, Lord. Help my lost. Help the lost in my family to turn to you. Help them. Awaken them. Open their eyes to the truth. So here they were. He said, freely you have received, freely given. If you've believed in the Lord, you've freely received this knowledge of the Holy One, this knowledge of eternal life. So freely give wherever you go. So here's the Navy SEAL training. He said, okay, provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belt, nor bags for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs for a worker is worthy of his food. So take off your (laughs) shoes. It's like he's taking away all the things that you would normally have, and he's saying, okay, now you're being trained. Now go. You'll be provided for Is that amazing? Maybe there's some of you in this room going, I don't know where my next meal is going to come from. I'm I'm not sure where. God loves you. He's going to take care of you. And he has in the past. He says, now whatever city you go into, or or verse 10, bags are on, on your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food, verse 11. Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a house and uh, you go into a household, greet it. And if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever, wh- whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from the house or city, shake the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. You know, our hearts break when you and I have been witnessing to a co-worker and it just keeps falling on deaf ears or there's somebody in the family um, was talking to a man in the parking lot the other day and said his, his dad is not a believer. And uh, he's only come to Christ 13 years ago. And he said, but, but I keep fishing. And I keep, when I talk to my dad, but he said, so many times my dad will say this. When he'll start to talk about Jesus, he'll say, you're beating a dead horse. Heard this before. Let's move on. So he said, but I keep praying. Amen. <laughs> keep praying. Keep praying. Because the sad part about it is lost without God forever is a reality. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so with that reality, our hearts ache, and we pray for every opportunity. We speak every opportunity we can to help people to find the way of life forever. So here they are, Jesus. Who are these that Jesus trained up? 
They saw all the miracles. They saw what Jesus said. And uh, he sent them out. He said, go and do. And no wonder that Jesus said, go and make disciples. As his last words in Matthew, go and do it. But he said, there's a promise. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive this promise. Um, Back in Acts. That's what Jesus told them. Wait. In uh, verse 4 of chapter 1 of Acts, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he had said, you have heard from me. John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then he goes on to say in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so the interesting thing was Jesus had trained them for three years, but there was one last thing that needed to happen and that was the power to be his witness. So When you say Holy Spirit, really what you're saying is power of God to do this new life, to do, to live this life of witness. Yesterday I had the opportunity to be with Natalie and we drove students down to, it's called pre-training before the summer uh, training school or training camp for the kids. And what they learn is, are the facts of the gospel. So all the kids learn these facts But what I realized as they were going through it and they were practicing on each other is that what would come with this is the power then to do it. The power to do it in the summertime to the children that would come to camp. And I realized something else, that they are being trained now to do the facts. To do the facts becomes heart and they're to do it. And I realized that you and I have been being trained since we heard of Christ, since we trusted Christ. We've been being trained to step out in the power of God to share the truth with those people around us. And you know, it first comes by action that they will listen if they know that they are cared and loved for. Otherwise, they're going to shut us off. But it's the power of God that he's been training you and me to trust him. And you and I will not really understand the power of God till we go outside of our comfort zone. Because most of us, we learn something, we do it, and we go, okay, I learned this, now I can do this. I can do this, and then we find out, I can do this really without God. I learned it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. But now God is saying, I've called you to a higher calling. I called you to love one another. I called you even to love your enemy. All of a sudden, he's calling us outside of the normal thing that we can do in the flesh. Maybe there's some of you here in this room that are going, I don't know that power because I'm too scared to do anything except what I'm comfortable with. Maybe you don't know the power of God that resides in you, that he's been training you to trust him to step out and be his witness to share the truth share the love of God for all eternity your number one job is to go and make disciples your number one job is to find ways to bring people into the kingdom participate with the Holy Spirit 
So here we are going, and I love what um, Lori said. She said, you know, all of us, we have different things we're doing. We're part of the body. And we all need to be doing our part. We all need to be doing the gift that God has given us. The gift that God has given us to be a part of the body. And when we're unified and we're all doing it together, all of a sudden all the joints and the fingers are working the right way. I think there's quite a few people in here going, you know, my joints don't work like they used to. I'm getting older and I just can't run that 40-yard dash like I used to. The Holy Spirit of God, that's just a visual to say the Holy Spirit of God is saying, we are all the spiritual body of Christ and we need to be doing our part to make healthy the body of Christ to do what he's told us to do. So who are they? They've been, they've been trained by the Lord over the three years. They watched, they participated, they saw it and then he trained them to go out. Who are these people? They're the disciples. So back in Acts chapter 1, it says something else here. It says that there was, there was another group of people that were there too in that upper room. Look at verse 14. These all continued one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, Mary, mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So there was another group there. And I think there were another group, and they were also being trained, not, not with the disciples, but they were being trained. They were there. They were part of that support team for Jesus and the 12. But they saw things. They were being trained maybe in another way, but they were being trained. I was wondering about what, what their training, what their training looked like, what, what that looked like. So I thought, um, here's the support team. First of all, let's go to Acts, or, uh, Luke chapter 8. Verse 1 through 3, Luke chapter 8, 1 through 3. It came about after, uh, it, now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village preaching, bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were there. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, and out of whom came seven demons, then Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. So now we get, a, we get a, an idea of this team that was also with them, providing, and maybe cooking, and maybe doing. So we get this team uh, being trained, really, by the Lord to do their part. And so there were, there were women among them, and, and Mary was there, um, his mom. Uh, doesn't say about anything about Joseph at this time in the scriptures, probably passed on. But what occurred to me is that there were these women that, that, that they were being trained by the Lord uh, Magdalene, who had been set free from the dark world. Um, she was there. So she was set free, and now she was living her life to please the Lord. She was a part of that group. And that made me think about the women among us, that as, as you've done your part, in either... Um, you got married and, and you were a mom or you got married and not having children, but um, still your part of, of loving people, of helping people. Um, and so that part that God has given you, uh, 
born as a female, born that, that God has given you a special part with, with his kingdom. And so I'm talking about that a little bit this morning because for some of you, uh, Mother's Day is not a joyous celebration. Um, there was a couple in our church years ago um, that they wouldn't come on Sunday, uh, Mother's Day, because she hurt so bad because she couldn't have children. And, and so um, I've got um, my son and his wife that they can't have children, and it's a hard, it's a hard day. And so I just want to say that uh, may the love of God go out to you, and may he love you where it hurts this morning. If, if you're part of that and you haven't held your, your own child or even been married or you've been divorced or wherever that is right now, know that God knows that and he loves you. And the result of that is that loving God back and loving others. And so as you tend to those around you, may the love of God pour out um, from you to to those around. So Father, I just thank you in Jesus' name for our women, Lord, that you've given them a special role, a special place to play uh, in your kingdom plan. And Lord, I thank you so much that there's so many stories that I've heard from different women that they just had suffered um, and you know their suffering and, and you're tending to their suffering and you're bringing a sweetness out of that. Lord, I just praise your name and I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for your spirit here in this room that each of us have areas in our life that you're tending to even right now. Your great love and your plan for us. And I just praise your name, Lord, and I thank you, Lord God, for your tenderness with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I was thinking uh, also about my mom that um, I was asked this morning what was what was one big thing that your mom did in promoting um, you know godliness and she she promoted prayer and she made sure that each of her kids had a prayer corner she said this is a place special for you to meet with God you just pray here and so I, I won't forget that it's just a beautiful thing and so for each of us that place of encouraging People to God, the one that loves him more than anything. So here's this group of people. Um, so there's, there's Mother Mary, uh, uh, Jesus' mom. And then there's a place in John 19.25. Well, the last time that um, Mary sees Jesus um, before he dies on the cross... In John 19.25, now there stood by the cross Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, and Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour on, the disciple took her to his own home. Um, so there was um, Mary uh, watching her son. Now, the, I think that comes home with some who have watched um, maybe one or uh, 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 two of their kids. And in my, my family, I think about my mom and dad 
I had a um, sister who was six that died, and so they, they watched their child die. And then I have a brother just a year older than me die, and then a brother um, five years, six years older than me die. And, and I hadn't, you know, there was a lot of pain that I went through, but I was just recently thinking about what my mom and dad must have went through to bury, you know, one of their own. And so, Lord, I just want to pray over those in, in this room that have experienced that, and they, they know that pain. And I just want to thank you, Lord God, for your healing power for them. That with, with that pain uh, comes a closeness with you. And I just thank you, Lord, that you meet us wherever we are. And so thank you for your healing power in that today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So we, we get this other group of people and Mary's mom even being trained in a different way than the disciples. She was a part of that support team. So we have different ways that we are part of God's family doing our part, and God has given us a special gift to use. Um, And so as we do that, just thinking, who were they? So there was this team of disciples that were trained by the Lord um, in that kind of Navy SEAL way, now here, do it. And then there was this group that was being trained that looked on, that, that watched on. So I wondered about those difference in training just what but it's all to accomplish one thing and that's to know God and to love him forever and to serve him forever to know God and to love him so whatever you've been going through uh, someone once said the school of hard knocks is always open and so whatever you are going through that's an opportunity to, to to learn with the Lord what it is that as you go through it now, as you have experienced that kind of thing, the heart of God in you then says, can I help you? I've been there. I've done that. Can I help you? And so those of you in this room that if, as you grow older, there's younger people coming up that need to know that you, they can make it, that need to know that there's others that have been through that too, and that you can provide comfort for them also. Um, that's part of God's plan. So, Here's the amazing thing that happened in Acts. Whether they were trained as a disciple or whether they were part of this team, there was one thing that they were doing all together right there in verse 14. And these all continued with one accord in prayer and petition or supplication. Um, they were praying and, and with the whole team there. So no matter if they, what kind of training that they had done, they understood this one right here. And they were all in that anticipation mode because there was a gift that the Father was going to give. And it was the power then to live this new life. It was the power to live a new life. They had the understanding. Now came the power. They had the training. Now would come the power. And so they were anticipating this gift. They had, the disciples had uh, moments of that gift. Do you remember when he sent out the 12, the first, and they were empowered? And even as I read, the Holy Spirit went through them and they did miracles. So they had like a glimpse of that, <laughs> that power, right? And, and so now it's like, no, no, now you're, you're going to get the full thing. This is, and for generations to come, this is the teaching is that you would receive this power, this power to do what God has planned for you to overcome the world, the power to not be afraid. 
the power to live for the Lord. So they're anticipating, they're coming together praying. So I may be wrong about this, but it seemed like there might be about 10 days here before the power came, before the Holy Spirit, before the celebration of Pentecost. So they had celebrated in Jerusalem uh, the Passover, which dramatically changed. And then there were the 40 days that, that uh, Jesus, the resurrected Christ, would appear to them and teach them. And then Pentecost would happen. And so I'm not very good at math, but I'm thinking that they were in the upper room and they were waiting. Now they had 10 days to wait for that to happen because Pentecost happened 50 days after Passover, 50 days after uh, Pentecost to be celebrated. So, 10 days. Okay? So what if you and I were assigned 10 days here in the chapel, we had to wait 10 days here for this promise that God would give, this exciting promise that the Father was going to give anticipating that. He had told them, now anticipating that promise. What would that look like? It said they continued in prayer. How would we do that? And I'm, I'm going to just ask you, how would we do that as a group? How would you do that for 10 days? Anybody have an idea? Just raise your hand. Okay, so it's praying without ceasing, praying without stopping. What would that look like? How would you pray without stopping if it was just us in this room? How, how do we do that? Okay, so we have to be united. We have to agree, just like Richard said, we'd have to agree that we want to pray without stopping. So we're unified. Okay, do we agree with this? Yes, and we all say, yes, we're going to agree. We're going to continue to prayer, pray this whole time. Yes. <laughs> okay, didn't know if you heard that, but she said, I think we've been encouraging each other or not about his promises and maybe what we've seen and heard. Do you remember when? And okay, a lot of encouragement. So Richard said it. We're going to, we've agreed in this room, we're going to pray for 10 days without stopping. I'm just, I'm just saying, we're just thinking about this. I'm not saying we're going to do this. I'm just thinking about it. So this is what we're going to, and we're going to be unified. That means we're all going to be in agreement with what the Lord said to do. We're going to stay in the room until the promise comes. Um, encourage one another. Remind each other. What else? Yeah, Andy. I think we'd be anticipating his answers. Okay. Anticipating his answers. So we've been praying, anticipating. So now we're praying, we're anticipating. What are we praying? What, what are we praying? What would be the things that we're praying about? For the, <laughs> we're praying for the Holy Spirit to come. We're saying we're anticipating that. We're hope, we're, we know it's going to happen. Yes, Howard. Being, uh, thankful for his promise. Okay, thankful. Being thankful for his promise. What is uh, Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians? Um, uh, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, everything give thanks. And so our prayers would be prayers of thanksgiving. So we'd be remembering everything we'd be thankful for. So if we were here in this room, we could tap a resource that could go on for a long time. 
Well, let's remember things we're thankful for. Well, I see Dale sitting over there, and the lifetime that Dale's lived, we could be talking about a whole lot of stuff if now Dale starts remembering. Oh, I remember back in 1969. I want to just thank the Lord for 1969. I was at this gas station, and so being thankful. So we could tap a, a river of being thankful. So now that 10 days is sounding kind of doable. We could, we could tap everybody's resource and go, okay, let's pray about, Lord, remind me about things to be thankful for. Okay, oh, here comes, I got one. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so, yeah, Donna. Okay, okay, Donna said, Lord, align our thoughts with your thoughts so that um, let's, Maybe confession then. Maybe saying, oh, Lord, I'd like to just get, be right with you. I confess in Jesus' name. I got, a, I got a wicked thought, Lord. I just want to take every thought captive. So confession might have been a part of that, going, Lord, help us. Help us to uh, get away from the world. Help us to be holy as you are holy. So our thoughts with his thoughts. Worshiping God for who he is. <laughs> Worshiping God for who he is. Okay. Worshiping God for who he is. So right now, I'd like you to think for just a moment about a word that describes God or an attribute of God or something that he does. Just one word. Just think about one word that comes to your mind right now. One word about how you can worship God. Things about who God is. Okay. One word. Do you have the one word? Okay. So what I'd like to do, just on this side of the church, on the count of three, I'd like you to say that one word at the same time. You're going to have different words. Some are the same. Okay. Count of three, just say that one word. One, two, three. Oh, man. You know what that sounded like? That sounded like a beautiful bouquet. It sounded like uh, the wave over there at the kingdom, way back in the kingdom thing. The way. Okay, this side. One word that God has brought to your mind about who he is, because this is worship, who he is. Okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. (laughs) Wow. Wow, that's a beautiful thing. So worshiping God for who he is. So now those 10 days sounds doable, that it could be an exciting, anticipating time. So, here we are going, we want to worship, we want to give thanks, we want to pray, confessing, lining up our thoughts with his thoughts. We want to commit to pray continually, and we want to be unified. We want to be in agreement with this. We all agree to be this way. We've got 10 days to go. Let's be happy. (laughs) Is there anything else that you can think of? Okay, prepare our hearts. How do we how do we do that? What comes to mind? Prepare our hearts. Lord well, said, okay. okay, praying God would prepare our hearts. So now we're in that anticipation. Remember I was talking about earlier that there's probably more joy that comes in anticipating and getting ready for an event than the event. So let's do it. Let's get excited. Let's let's do all that anticipation, preparing, and be ready, and let's just do it. So here they were praying together, and and so that's, you guys just helped me to think about how could they do that? 
How could they do that? So um, last week, um, there was a Korean uh, uh, group that came to Lummi. And they, matter of fact, uh, once a year, they send a group of people and all over the United States. They've heard about trouble in the United States. And so now uh, they've sent Korean missionaries here to pray for us. And so there was a group of about 12 and they were up at the Peace Arch Park and they, they prayed over the land there and, the, and between Canada and the United States. And then they came down, they went up to Western College and they prayed over that place and they prayed pushing back the darkness. And so we have these Christian brothers and sisters coming from other countries praying for us. Do we need help? Yeah, come. Any more want to come? And, and so they went up to Nooksack and they prayed and they came out to Lummi and they prayed. And, and so... Um, a little bit different technique than I'm used to, but um, they did this kind of thing too. They just there was a time when they were just saying how great God was, and they were worshiping God in this way. Each of them had a song, each of them had a song in their heart, and they were they were doing this. Um, interesting enough too, at this training that I was down with uh, Natalie, so we have this. Um, training school we do with CF every summer and it's a week long and the kids are training it's like boot camp and when they learn material to be the teacher of the Bible lesson and then they learn the material to be the um, uh, missionary teacher and then they learn the material to be the um, the, the song leader and the one that uh, controls the, the group and then every day they switch roles now the teacher becomes this and so it's quite a, quite a cool training and, uh, and then they, they do it for a week. They, they get to do it. They get to. So, but one of my jobs yesterday was to talk to the boys and, and Natalie took the girls and talked to the boys about their code of conduct during that time in the summertime, during that training school time, that code of conduct. And I was impressed because when I looked at the boys that sat around, I thought, you know, there's boys, they're just boys, and I don't know if they realize what they're up to. And, 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 but when I started to talk to them, there was something that happened, and I believe the Spirit of God happened. I had to call them out to be holy and not be like the world. Now, the world has crept in on each of us, there's areas in our lives where the world has hold of us. It's like, ah, oh, let go of me. I can't. That's, you're just part of me. Um, and so I had a list that I had to go through, and I said, this is not allowed. But what I realized was that the first thing I needed to do was to go to Genesis. So I went to Genesis, and uh, we read through the account of the temptation in the garden. And I asked the guys, I said, I said to the boys, what didn't the... What didn't Adam do? And I called the, the boys too. I called sons of Adam. What, what, what didn't Adam do? Well, uh, uh, he, well, what he did do, you know, one said was he took of the fruit and he ate it and uh, he went along with it. What, what didn't he do that he should have done? And so one finally said he should have stood up and said, no, Eve, we shouldn't. We shouldn't eat from this tree. God told us. But Adam stood there and he took it. And I said, because each of you profess Christ, then the curse is reversed. You have an opportunity then to do what 
Adam didn't do then, is you are to be the holy man of God because in the training school, it says you can be friends with the opposite sex. You can walk with them, talk with them, sit with them, teach with them, all this stuff, but you can't touch them. And I said, so that's on you guys to hold to the standard of what CEF said for that week. Don't touch them. And then I joked and I said, because you'll disintegrate if you do. (laughs) For those 10 days, don't. And I said, so you have an opportunity to stand up and not just for CF, but how about for the rest of your life to have this code of conduct of being holy as God is holy and he's called us to be apart from the world and to look different, act different. So there they were. And one of the things to step through, you know, it was don't bring knives and guns. And, you know, it went through this whole thing. And then it said, you must not be involved in pornography. And I said, the chances are, is that this group of guys that I was with, is that you have been participating in the deception of the, of the evil one, that this is supposed to, be good for you. I said, it's not. It'll kill your marriage. It'll destroy you. So I said, you can't be participating in this and maybe you're even addicted to it. I said, you need to be set free and only God can do that. And what I was asking them is what only the Holy Spirit could do. Only the Holy Spirit can do that kind of work. And so in the end, I said, do you agree? not just for this 10 days, but do you agree from this time and forward that you're not going to participate in pornography? You're not going to, you're going to be holy. He is holy. And I listed those other things. And it was the weirdest thing because the boys, then they started sitting up straight. Each one of the boys started sitting up straight because they were all kind of leaning back like, yeah, we get this talk every year type of thing. And then as I went through this and called them out, they started sitting up straight going, I agree. They said, I agree. That's Holy Spirit stuff. That's Holy Spirit stuff. This is what the disciples and this group, they were preparing themselves to receive the power to overcome the world and to be a witness, to live a witness for the Lord. So for you and I this morning, as preparing, preparing like the disciples did for the next opportunity the Lord has for us to be his witness. Will you agree to put away the things of this world? If you're addicted to something right now that you would ask the Holy Spirit to loose you from that, to be set free, and then also that you would be holy as he is holy. So I'm going to ask you, will you agree? And on the count of three, if you agree, say, we agree, okay? One, two, three. We agree. Okay, Father... We just thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, you have taught us that we really can't do anything right without you. We can't be righteous before. We can't do it. That it's through you, through your Holy Spirit power. So in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord God. That there's people among us here, Lord, that are preparing for a life change. And it's essential that they um, are filled with your spirit. It's essential for them to step through this 
that they are so tight with you that every thought and every word, every deed, like they're, like they're uh, preparing for the Olympics. They need to be ready. And so in Jesus' name, I pray for these people that are among us today that are getting ready for a life change and anticipating a life change, that in the meantime, they're in constant prayer. They're talking to you. They're worshiping you. They're praying. They're giving thanks to you. They're, they're asking you for lining up their, thought, your, their thoughts with your thoughts. And, and, and they're committing to this unity together, they're saying, we agree to be this way. And so, Father, we ask a blessing there. Lord, I thank you, and I ask a blessing. There's, there's others that are anticipating uh, doctor's visits and surgeries and some things going on, Lord God. Would you, Lord, would you bypass that in Jesus' name? Would you just heal them supernaturally, and they wouldn't have to go through that? But if, Lord, if the suffering is what you're asking from them at this point, that they would be your witness going through that so that others could see one suffer for, in Jesus' name. So we just thank you, Lord God. Lord, for those among us that um, are hurting because of loss of mom, uh, remembering mom, and those among us that are, that that want to have children, Lord, would you fill their arms with love today? And would you give them that comfort and that peace? And when they know that they're greatly loved by you, and Lord, that you would give them opportunities to spill over in love for those around them and the children around them. So Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name that you've got the perfect plan for us as we anticipate your return. As we anticipate your return and we get ready just like the disciples were getting ready for the power. Lord, you've given us the power and you're asking us to access your power. You said in your word in Ephesians, you said, do not be controlled by wine, but be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Speaking to one another in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sounds like somebody's full of the joy of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just thank you. May your spirit control us and move us to that next step that we need to take in our lives. We praise you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen.